0: Hi and welcome to the Connected Generation. My name is Nikkea Alani and I'm your host. On the Connected Generation, we explore all things legacy wealth and legacy businesses, how to build wealth and businesses that would outlive the founder and have sustained impact not only over time but also over space. And we invite guests from all over the world to share, share their stories share their learnings in a very authentic, vulnerable and with a curious attitude. This week I was joined by Jennifer Justice who was just phenomenal. She has a really interesting background. She is an entrepreneur and a former entertainment executive who is known for helping building artists' careers and their business portfolios by marrying art with Commerce, JJ, as she's known, is super passionate about gender equality and diversity. And she runs the Justice Department, a business development, management strategy and legal firm that works with female entrepreneurs and to help them with their brands to maximize their values, focusing on the areas of tech, consumer product, finance, media, entertainment and fashion. And well, she's obviously a multifaceted, multifaceted lady with a lot of interest and a lot of passion. I've really enjoyed this conversation. So I'd encourage you to tune in and enjoy. Hi, Jennifer. Welcome to The Connected Generation. It's awesome to have you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this should be fun. So... You are the CEO and founder of the Justice Department. Um, can you tell us more about what that is? Because it's a very intriguing name. Yeah. And how did you get here?
1: You know, my full name is Jennifer Justice. I had to use that name at some point in my career, right? Um, mm-hmm. Like, it's too good to be true. And, you know, it's not fake. I did not make it up when I was a law <laughs> it's like a question I get asked all the time. So the Justice Department is really three parts. It is a law firm. I have my music I spent 17 years as Jay-Z's personal attorney and then in entertainment and then EVP doing all the strategy business development for Roc Nation and I um, um, left there and was pres- president of a live experience company to do a lot of touring and stuff so I have a really broad um, you know, experience in business strategy, legal, and and you know, and and really, it's like marrying art and commerce and legal. So, you know, the law firm deals with a lot of that stuff, and then I have um, a company called Lady Business, where I help female-founded companies um, with their business development and strategy. You know, creating the right kind of deals and network and kind of formalities and. Um almost like a pop-up executive team on the business side of things when they're first not first starting out, but like series a, you know late seed, series A, series B kind of companies. yeah.
0: that's really cool. Maybe um we'll start off where you left, what you do for the female founders and biz dev and corporate development, et cetera. Can you elaborate more on that? Sure. Uh, you
1: know a lot of times, you know, I got I got into this because I was in, in really passionate about gender equality for a really long time, well before Me Too, when I would deals for women in the music industry and men and watch the men with lower titles and less experience get a lot more money than the women. Mm. Um, you know, I started thinking more and more about it and why this was happening and, you know, just seeing how men, like, come together and, you know, things around sports or playing sports and understanding, like, you know, where they fit in in a team and you know what their role, mm. and um, and you know, in that they're exchanging so much information as well, you know, for deals and salaries and and opportunities and investments, etc. Um, but I, you know, there really wasn't a place where women did that, you know what mm. I mean? Um, and you know, we would meet and do things and we would talk about our kids and you know relationships versus like money and business um and so you know I was around a lot of creatives and I did see that in particular creatives um when it comes to business sometimes you get a bit paralyzed so and I what do you mean by that paralyzed well when it comes to business it was like you know, how you know I love doing this thing where I'm creating and doing this stuff. But then when it comes to, like, business decisions, like, I really need somebody to help suss it out because, got like... Got you,
0: got you. That's not their forte. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
1: So, you know, and I got really good at marrying art and commerce. And, then you know, I started noticing that there was a lot of women, you know, some from a business background, but well, a lot from more of a creative background that are starting businesses because they could see the need for certain products or communities or um just you know any kind of technology whatever it was that wasn't being you know made for women Mm. upgraded for women you know any of it and so I um or made better basically for women and families um and so I started talking to these women and you know how and seeing what their pain points were and noticing it was like you know, not only were they not from a business background, they've never been in a, or surrounded or in a community that helped them in that way, right? And there's more and more of these communities pick, being picked up, but it's one thing to give advice and there's one thing to actually do it for them, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, introduce them to the right people. They don't even know what they need to know. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I know, I need, you know, I have a business that takes a lot of upfront money and capital, so I need to raise money. How do I do it, you know? You know, what I need to do is like a deck and, you know, and the right kind of deck and, you know, introductions and network and coaching on how to speak to them and, you know, business plans and all of those things um, that are not just second nature and we're not like part of our vernacular growing up. And so... Mm little bit of all of it and then once you do have it it's like i help them find the right lawyer cuz i i can't do you know startup law i help them think about the strategy and the revenue streams and you know when they're getting stuck how to think about it and, and build out more i help them do deals with people, you know, in the music industry in particular, or in entertainment um, in particular, if you need some kind of, you know, you want some kind of ambassador, influencer, you know, celebrity to be the name and face of, and like how you can structure those deals to make it work for both sides when you don't have a lot of capital and finding those people, you know, introductions, network, network mapping on who you know for, Um, you know, individuals that are, um, can either, you know, give you money, um, access, um, you know, influence, all of those things, and just helping them think about their business and um, as a whole to optimize, you know, their chance of success and wealth, really. Mm, mm. Overall, real thing is, I just want to make women money, you know?
0: I love it. Love to hear it. And I wanted to actually I was going to ask you on that like the gender gap in wealth and in income and success in terms of business why do you think women are lagging behind men
1: well I think it's just been structural for a very long period of time you know women weren't encouraged to work for a long time and then you know when they were it was like traditional roles you know Um, and then women started getting into business more and, you know, but then, but the workplace never changed, you know, it's like, everyone says it's open, but it's like, is it really if you start at eight o'clock in the morning for reasons that no one really knows? Exactly. Um, before your kids go to school, well, how are you going to do that? Then you're going to hire somebody that's there for an hour and a half to take your kids to school. Well, what kind of job is that for somebody? You know what I mean? And then, um, you know, so, yeah, and just like not, you know, I mean, you, we're, I'm in the United States, right?
0: Mm.
1: Mandatory paid
0: leave. Mm. <laughs> it's wild. It's you know, wild.
1: Mm. it's like, uh, you know, you can't have an abortion, but we don't take care of it when you have the kid either. <laughs> you know, it's just like there's nothing here that is setting women up for success if they decide to do anything other than work exactly like a man does, you know? Mm. Um, even then, it's still hard, right? So um, you know you're being left out in conversations because you're not being asked to go you know play golf or you know stay out later, whatever it is. Mm. Um, and so I just think it's the way the system is is you know been set up the way you know women have been fed, you know what is po- was a positive trait and a negative trait in traditionally about them, right? bossy versus you know aggressive and you know all of those things you know emotional versus passionate you know Mm, mm. it's like okay what steve jobs is called passionate okay
0: great
1: Mm. um and you know you never hear the words bossy or emotional when it comes to men
0: a sort of you know headstrong yeah driven motivated that's that's the adjectives they use to describe such men
1: (laughs) you know a little bit we do it to ourselves you know i think we're as much to blame too because we're not addressing this stuff and taking it head on and you know because we are you know more community-based and we don't want to like you know cause commotion and Mm. you know um and so you know we we don't call it out as much we're starting to you know and and or believe that we're worthy of it you know um mm. and so i think some of it is based on our genetic makeups a little bit too you know and and, and how we operate uh, as women and business was created by men
0: mm. you know but, all of mm, really fair point so i love the point you made about like just the way corporate culture typically is it's yeah there's a um, the semantic of women you're welcome here but like the culture is not embodying us like like you said the type the start times why <laughs> that's <laughs> like when most families are trying to get those children into school and sort out their lives in the morning um why not start an hour later and have also flexi around pickup time as well so these are very valid points that i think not only as women we need to think about like you said there's also the part of the the way we're being described and the double standard and the way we also see ourselves but also there's a role for men to play in this whole re reimagining the gender roles and gender um responsibilities in society at large yeah no for
1: sure yeah um- you know, and it's, by the way, it would benefit them, too. It's like, don't you want to spend a few weeks with your newborn or more than right. that? <laughs> right.
0: Right. Um, because right now, it's just, it's yeah. wild. Yeah. A lot of pressure on,
1: you know, men to make all I mean, well, what if the woman wanted to do it, too? you got to do other things, you know? I mean. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Exactly. I wanted to know, like, in your community, like, What are the common challenges or sorry, Colin, you've you've told us a bit about the challenges these women are facing and trying to build their businesses. But what common mistakes do you see female founders making as they're trying to build their businesses?
1: Um, Really thinking that they can do it all themselves, you know, Mm. and not not really hiring um, the right people around them to set up the business properly. Um, you know, and that is from not, you know, any business should have a lawyer on hand. Like, they don't need to, but you should. Like
0: expensive.
1: (laughs) They are, but they're worth it. But you'll go and spend, you know, a lot of money on your hair or on your bag or
0: whatever
1: whatever it is, you know, that's like, but you won't spend it on yourself. That's spending it on yourself, too. It's like total self-care to have somebody who is Um, you know focusing on the aspects of to set up your company properly and make sure you have the right agreements to protect you
0: I think I want to I want to drill deeper into this like the notion that it's self-care and I think there's something around we women feeling self-care is indulgent Yes,
1: that's true. I mean, you know, I fall victim to all of the same things that I am sitting here complaining about. <laughs>
0: Me too.
1: And I have to be like, uh, what is that? You know what I mean, yeah. You know? Um, but you but you have to. And yes, these things are expensive, but so are the other things. And you know, you spend a little bit more on this than you could spend a lot more on the other material things. You know what mm, I mean? Mm. Need the, the right kind of you need your company set up properly you need the right vendor agreements you need to understand how you're hiring people you need to make sure your bookkeeping is done you need to um you know if you if you really want to get out there you probably need somebody in social media or you know yeah. or you know the things that you don't know how to do you need to hire them mm-hmm. you need to have the budget for them so you you know start the company um when you want to when you know like you have the resources to do it you know mm. Mm.
0: And, and often like i see this a lot as well where the founder will try to do everything and then very soon isn't really getting much traction because not only you're not, very few of us have all the skill sets to run a business like all the facets that require to move the needle no um, anybody
1: very few of us, like no one. No one,
0: right? I, I was just trying to be yeah. nice. Um, <laughs> and no also, one. no one has the energy. Yeah. And that leads to burnout. Um, yeah. What
1: you have to ask yourself, what What should you, where is your, um, you know, money best spent? Yeah. Right. And where's your time? I mean, the the the, the most expensive, you know, commodity you have is not even a commodity, it's like your time, right? Yeah. And when, like you look like, what is worth your time is it really worth like figuring out how to do a tiktok i doubt it if you're not from that area you know what i mean yeah
0: yeah if you,
1: if that's not what you are you know your career has been in like maybe you should know it's some but if that's not what you do then why are you figuring it out yourself
0: why aren't you paying somebody for that mm-hmm. and also um what other mistakes do you see them making
1: um, you know, we're taking like a co-founder lately, just being like, oh, they, you know, we like each other. We will both want to do this. It's like, okay, well, you really have to sit down and go, okay, who's bringing in the money? Who's doing this? Who's handling the back end? Who's talking to the accountant? Who's talking to the investors? Who's like, you know, the forward facing? Who's like the one, you know, who's the CEO? Who's the COO? Who's, you know, like, what roles are you playing?
0: And mm-hmm. how how do you recommend that they is the proper way to embark on that journey to clarity? Like, because you know, these is, are really valid points, and I see this a lot. Like, just friends will just be like, "Yeah, we were talking about this over drinks, and we're yeah, starting a business, and we're incorporating it. We're going 50. fifty."
1: There is, um, you can just actually Google it. There are questionnaires with like thirty questions. That can you guys can you know you just answer and you talk about it. and like if you find that you're there's something like really um, off then you got to really talk about it you know mm-hmm. um, and be have people have to be honest with it and then you take that and you put it in the operating agreement or whatever agreement it is because what a lot of people don't realize is you know you start a company with somebody and let's say you're both single and then when somebody gets married what happens when they die does their wife or husband get that portion yeah, of the business
0: portion, yeah. Do they
1: have say in it, like these are all things that need to be decided. What if you just somebody just goes, you know what? I just want to walk away and move to Mexico and open a bar. Okay, can they be bought out? And mm. what, you know, um, let's say you're building it up, and and it's all of a sudden worth fifty million dollars, and one goes, I want to sell, and the other goes, I want to grow it to be the next Elizabeth, you know, Arden or whatever. Like, mm. who get you know? You have to be on the same page in this stuff, mm, mm. Um, and you know if you're not, it's a recipe for disaster. It is a divorce.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, divorce between business partners is very just as it is with with married ones. It's just messy. Yeah. It's painful. It's emotional. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so you help with biz dev corporate strategy, um, corporate development. I want to talk a little bit more about BizDev. Yeah. Um, I think of everything you said today um, thus far, I think, um, yeah, these are areas that um, a lot of founders generally will tend to neglect, like the structure, the division of roles, the legal um but naturally a lot of us will naturally look for the money and look for sales and throw all our eggs and our time into biz dev to begin with want to know a bit more about what are like again any tips you have for founders in doing this properly like and optimally sorry somebody called right in the middle of that (laughs) no worries i said you know the common struggles that we spoke about um I think, uh, you know, quite less, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, quite commonly, people will neglect these areas because it's it, it doesn't meet the eye that it's really that important to get a lawyer because like you're, you're counting your pennies in the early days, right? Or um, to sit down with your friend and really think through, if I die, what happens? Like these are, it doesn't meet the eye, right? But what tends to meet the eye is we need cash in this business. So we need to focus our, our all our, Time and our energy into looking for sales and doing business development, right? But I wanted to know, like, from your perspective, again, um, what tips do you have for founders in how they can pursue business development in efficient and in an optimal way? I mean, that's a good question, you know, because you want to—you you definitely have to
1: have, allocate a certain amount to overhead, but I think it first depends on the business, right? You know, and you have to mm. see. Can handle right if you have a product or a service. It's like, you know, what can you handle and do well, and you know. Um, but if you are selling products and and that's what you're doing, I mean, you do have to commit a lot to, um, to getting those out there and getting the sales and getting them out in front of people. Um, but mm-hmm. there's ways that you can do it that you don't just have to pay people, right? There's like, you know, giving, you know, gifting and, um, uh, you know, getting it in front, like basically you have a free platform now with social media um, and Mm. getting a lot of the products out there. Um, But it's a hard, that's a hard, like over generalized like question to kind of answer depending, you know, without knowing exactly what the business is.
0: Okay, so it depends on the specific, like industry and business model. Mm because sometimes it takes meeting a bunch of people
1: because they're going to hire you in like a consulting basis and you need to spend time with them. And they need to understand what you're doing, you know, versus a product that they're just going to buy, you know, because they saw XYZ using it on Instagram, you know? Mm,
0: mm, mm. Yeah. Really interesting. I um, want to speak a bit more about raising funds and because this is an area that like you kind of lose, you women tend to struggle with. Firstly, only, I think the stats is only 1% of um, funds raised go to female-founded businesses and minorities. Um, and secondly, when we look at the wealth gap between men and women, it's very stark. Um, so the access to capital, ability to raise capital in their businesses are really key to propel them towards that wealth-building journey. Again, what, what have you seen in this space? Um, just know your, your views.
1: Yeah, I mean it's very we're very, you know, far behind when it comes to women in the you know, funds that are ran solely by women in VCs. There's there's more and there's more and more every day, but yeah, you know, only two percent of women get VC funding and women of color point five percent. So, you know, you can do the math on how many meetings it would take for a woman to get money versus a man, right? And um on top of it, you know, you go to women uh, you know, female founded funds in general, are VCs, they have, you know, when, when you want to start your own venture fund, you have to get limited partners. You have to, you have to get people to invest in you. Yeah. So like they have people to Check invest an in an egg. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you know, some of them have a lot, a big track record and it's, there's more and more, but you know, for instance, I just, I've talked to two in the UK, there's only like three of them in, in the UK total. Wow. Well,
0: Three LPs, like, you mean? Or three you know, female like, and
1: and there's Right? Because to make any real money, you need a big, big fund. Yeah. Oh, so, you know, there's, you know, we're, we're, we're barely getting our feet wet here. So you can imagine where the rest of the world is. Like, and so, and, you know, so you want to pitch to women because they would, you know, immediately get your idea. Well, you know, you would think anyway. At least you you think.
0: I was going to... That's my next question, yeah.
1: They have a thesis too. And, you know, people are putting money in them and all eyes are watching and have said, like, oh, women aren't good at this. You know what I mean? Then they want to make, you know, way high returns for their limited partners that invested in them. Mm. So it's a vicious cycle um, and makes it difficult and, um, you know, for a broad range of female-founded companies to raise from women. You know, and then, you know, if you're not in tech where it's like, you know, these VCs have been spoiled with these big tech unicorn, you know, valuations where it's not like 10 or 15, it's like a hundred, you know, it's mm. um, mm. we're starting to see that, you know, as we all know, unicorns aren't real. <laughs> <They don't exist. laughs> call a company one is a little daunting anyway um and you know i think we've all been watching every one of these from the Theranos to uber to we work to you know reading all of all of the press um and you know things grow really quickly and you know don't ever have profits you know after a certain period of time you got to go like was that good mm mm-hmm. mm mm-hmm. <laughs> Money and is it good? So you know, I think first and foremost, when you're thinking about raising money, you got to go. Should I raise money? Do I need to raise money? Do I have a very capital-intensive product that I could not do other than raising money? Mm. Your business, you shouldn't be raising money because if you're if you can't support yourself in that, then you you know then you probably haven't really spent the time getting like an, in front of enough clients, right? Because you get paid immediately. Yeah. It's not in, you know, in a product intensive thing, you know, you want to have, make sure that you have your most valuable product or MVP and understand what that's going to be. And then, you know, while you're raising money um, and sometimes you're going to have to pitch to men and they're not going to get it, but you know, and you're going to have to go through this whole cycle of getting no's and no's and no's and put it in a place that you don't take
0: personally, you know, cause it's hard. Right. It is. I mean, back to your comment on, you know, the hypothesis that a woman is more likely to invest in a woman. I, I don't know. I feel like is a wider overarching problem, which is back to your point in we say, oh, yeah, businesses were open towards women, but culture's not embodying us. Uh, well, are we not creating? And, and I get the argument in terms of if women are capital allocators, they're more likely to invest in women. And then, you know, the, the money circulates within that, the ecosystem. But the the female economy is the economy. Does that make sense? We're not a subset of the economy. Like, yeah. I feel like the bigger issue is creating true inclusivity in the investment space um, and allowing for, like you said, these, narratives or this typecasting of a man speaks in a certain way he's deemed as x whereas a woman speaks in a, a friend of mine she's been trying to raise for a while she was saying that she she did some like research on um um what's it called um in, da, 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 da. what's it did da, 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 bias bias no on unconscious bias that's it in with female and male investors and a male um sorry uh, founders rather and a male founder will rock up and the questions that he'll be asked is like show me like your growth show me the momentum show me where this is heading whereas for female it'll be more like mitigating that like um do you have capacity yeah essentially questioning that and i feel like that is the heart of the issue and all this stuff on like the female funds it's great and i think it will shift the needle to some extent but i think it's gonna take so long to close that gap yeah i mean i look i think it's both
1: right it's like if we're just sitting there trying to get into the patriarchy we're not gonna make that many strides right because the patriarchy is fed what they wanted and if they really wanted us to be equal we would, right it's you true. know So, you know, because they have the power, they could easily be like, you know what? I don't need to be in power anymore. Like, but I feel like this is confluence together as more people in the pay. And by the way, the patriarchy, I'm not saying it's all men. I think there's a lot of women that are in the patriarchy and benefit from that.
0: that. Exactly. Exactly. You
1: know, it's worked for them and they're not stepping away. Um, And so it's like, the more of them that acknowledge that they want change, that dinosaurs become extinct and their legacy is going to end badly unless they do something about it. I don't even care if they believe in it, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like, no, they need to. But more that takes hold, because because people who work for them will believe it, right? And Mm -hmm. and there's other people who are joining, Gen Z in particular, who are like, this is necessary or I'm not joining. You know, yeah, Yeah. company where you take the matriarchy which is you know for everyone and inclusive and and you know decentralized etc and we actually put our money where our mouth is and and buy with our values
0: yeah
1: Hire with our values and you know you know partner with our values then that money is going to go to there right yeah
0: yeah yeah
1: So it can meet in the middle in a faster way.
0: Very interesting point you bring up on Gen Zs and they being quite distinct from the generations that came before them. They're really passionate about diversity and inclusion. I was going to ask you about that in terms of what do you think um, the prognosis is for this rising generation of females or this conversation on inclusivity in in the entrepreneurship space.
1: You know, like, I think it's just something that, uh, a conversation that has to continue to happen, you know? And I feel like they, when I speak to women of that generation, they actually understand that there's an issue. Whereas before, every generation was like, oh, it's not going to happen to me, you know? I'm not going to hit that glass ceiling. And it was very about me, you know, versus... Mm. um, the whole and understanding like you can say that the gender pay gap you know the pay gap, not the wealth gap you know you know is only some people say it's 80 years from now well that's for white women that's not for everyone you know and i'm of the like you know we're not equal until we're all equal right and so um you know i'm talking about everybody who was not contemplated in the constitution of the united states and there's only one small segment of that wasn't it was white men mm. Women in general needed a constitutional amendment to vote. They could have they could have done that differently. Mm. They could have said people, but they said men, you know? Um and we for we those things. And I, I, you know, I feel like that generation really looks up and goes, None of this has been working for you all. Like yeah. what were you doing? Like you left us shitty like earth, right? Yeah. You know? Like the way you work is awful the way you treat each other is horrible like you know and and it just got so bad that they're like why would you do any of this you know mm,
0: mm. no I'm for hoping- sure <laughs> <laughs> for sure that's that's really quite incredible they do give i find them such a bold generation and they really are true to their values they they by by their values they speak up on things publicly on social media they really um don't lack courage at all right um so truly inspirational wanted to learn more about um the justice department and how you help folks in terms of like do you, is it a community or is it one-on-one tell us a little bit more
1: Well, it's, you know, started like one-on-one and then I realized how much and, you know, women needed it. And, you know, so there's, you know, definitely there's, you know, some thought leadership and press and, you know, the social media and all of that. It's one of the reasons why I started the podcast, Taking Care of Lady Business, which you're going to be on soon. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, because I wanted women to hear from women and get advice from women, you know, not only to see... You know, if you can see, you can be at that. There's careers that they probably never thought of. They didn't know that women were a part of and that they can do it, you know, uh, but also, you know, real tactical tips and tricks as well as inspiration um, in that. And then, you know, we have more to come in how we can, you know, help women understand their real value and worth and unlock it um, mm. in that like you don't just have to hire me
0: <laughs> <laughs> amazing and so how can people learn more about um your work and your um,
1: yeah so we are on the uh, it's on the uh www.thejusticedept.com that's our website you can find out about our services and um you know log on we have a newsletter that goes out sign up for that um and then the podcast taking care of lady businesses everywhere you can find a podcast spotify apple stitcher etc um and then on um socials at uh the uh, and i'm at jennifer justice l and that's it
0: Yeah, awesome awesome well thank you so much jennifer this has been incredible
1: thank you so good to see you thank you
0: Thank you. Wow, what a powerful, powerful lady with amazing insight. And I was doing a little bit of Instagram stalking, as you do. (laughs) And on the Justice Department's um, page, there's a quote by Jennifer where she says, collective wealth for women, it means we have collective power and we can make this world a better place. And I really love that. And the why I love that so much is not perhaps what would typically meet the eye in terms of accumulation of assets and income and what have you, tangible wealth. For me, I believe collective wealth is also intangible. And by that, I mean that um, stories, narratives, identities. And I think what needs to happen is not just coin in the bag for women, but also women need to come to the fore and be storytellers. And it reminds me of an amazing book that I read late last year. And it is called When Women Are the Storytellers, The Human Story Changes. It's by Elizabeth Lesser. Um, Cassandra Speaks is the title. When Women Are the Storytellers, The Human Story Changes changes and essentially the author explores this concept about how most stories that we know of they're told by one perspective and a lot of these are written by men and we these stories really shape the way we see everything they have a huge imprint on culture we blindly cling to these stories in religion, in just mythology, in literature, in films, and these stories are passed down centuries to centuries, and these are stories about women and men, about power and war, about sex and love, and the values that we live by, and A lot of these stories we've all outgrown, um, both collectively and individually, and yet they still endure. And there's really much a need for women to come to the fore, to speak from our authentic voices, to show forth our values, and to become protagonists in the tales we tell about what it means to be human. And I really think, for me, that is the heart of the issue, is we have to become protagonists in the tales that we tell about what it means to be human and culture has to truly embody us and this is not just talking about women in the workplace this is even talking about just wider societal um, change that needs to happen and I think as we've explored several times on this podcast Stories are so, so powerful. Not only the stories we tell ourselves, but the stories we tell others, because these stories endure over time and over space. And our stories, they show for the next generation or for others uh, some level of permission, some level of possibility. And it's really, really important. Now, we're not the subject Um of stories. Mean By that I mean others are not writing about us, but we hold the pens and we write our own stories. And then we can build collective intangible wealth, which I believe leads to tangible wealth. But we can unpack that another day. <laughs> Thank you so, so much for tuning in this week. Take good care and God bless you.